and welcome to TV My Husband Hates. I'm Kat Sims. And I'm Regan Kempton. And we are reality TV addicts. Addicts, uh, aficionados. Ooh, I like that. Experts. Experts. Basically, we know our shit when it comes to reality TV. 100%. Welcome to TV My Husband Hates. Uh, We are back again, recording again. Semi-healthy and uh, amidst corona. How you doing, Kat? Uh, I'm doing all right. Corona is the least of my problems right now because I am dealing with (laughs) raging hay fever. And I sort of feel a bit like uh, hay fever didn't get the fucking memo. It's like, dude, (laughs) it's COVID year. It's not your year. Move on. Um, They're like allergen siblings. Well, whatever they are. I don't need to social distance because every time I leave the house, which obviously is never, but I did do a grocery shop today, a necessary essential one. um, I sneezed about 25 times. And every time I sneezed, I was like, it's it's hay fever. It's not COVID. (laughs) It's just the hay fever. I'm really sorry. I'm actually here for pyrites. That's what I'm here for. Other antihistamines (laughs) are available. Um, So basically people see me coming and just run in another direction, which, you know, I'm all right with. Perfect. Well, I love how we both stuck to the uh, dressing up Friday. Eventually, when we get YouTube all set up and I get around to editing all these videos, you will get to see us. And so we are both in sequins. We're both having a drink. I'm drinking a lovely rosé in a can from uh, a local winery called the Infinite Monkey Theorem. And it's delicious. So if you are in Colorado, it's amazing. That does look good. I'm always a bit weird about cans, like, yeah. just because once when I was a teenager at a party, I sort of picked up a can and swigged it back, and oh. it was just full of cigarette butts and ash. Gross. Literally the most <laughs> disgusting thing I've ever done. Even now it makes me want to get... Anyway, Ew. so cans, like, like if... I just, yeah, they're not my ideal thing, but... That does yeah. look good, and trust me, I drink rosé right now out of a dead donkey's foreskin, so it's fine. Yeah. I'm on the red wine. Excellent. Uh, Got a nice, uh, more, we're having to do this later, obviously, because we are both home with children at the moment. So I have to wait for my kids to go down for a nap. So 2 p.m. is a more acceptable time to drink, I think, rather than the 10.30 a.m. that it's normally is. Although I think now that we're all in sort of lockdown quarantine, I feel like we're now on airport rules and it's like 7.30 in the morning, bloody Mary. I think Absolutely. it's fine. I did get a message from a friend of mine, neighbor, who's um, who shall remain no- anonymous. Uh, but she's like, I'm pretty worried about my drinking during quarantine. I was like, I get it. Like, you get to a point you've been in the house all day for three yeah. weeks. Three weeks I've now been in the house. And yeah. um, I look at that clock edging towards five o'clock like my fucking life depends on it. Yeah, I'm 100% burning all of my kids' brain cells by letting them use screen time because this is technically our spring break. So last week I was all on it with like crafts and like filling their time in like soulful, meaningful ways. But now that it's spring break, I'm like, you know what, it's your spring break. Tate will be on uh, like video school starting in April. So I feel like this is kind of their last hurrah before, you know, they actually have to start doing some schoolwork. I mean, the little one, I have no idea what I'll do with him. Probably just more crafts. Yeah, crafts. Also, we did things like both. Um, we just played. Get, we've done a lot of games with her. Yeah, uh, she's been doing some. I can send you some stuff. Some cool like f- finger Excellent. painting number shit. 
Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. I have a real problem with painting and mess just because I really hate to clean. So like all of our crafts have been like sticky things where you just like pull the backs off and like affix. Yeah. I can deal with that. But like painting just drives me mental. Though I will say both of our kids are now becoming championship Wii bowling experts because we've taught them how to use the Wii. So we Wii bowl about three times a day. <laughs> Wii bowl. That, is that like a verb now? Wii Wii bowl. Yeah, we wee bowl. We enjoy going in the bowling alley three times a day. Um, I'm going to turn out some championship uh, we video game bowlers. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's what comes out of this quarantine, then that's what comes out of this quarantine. I'm okay with that. Um, the other yeah. thing that I think is going to come out of this quarantine is more people watching reality TV, which can only be a good thing for us. Yay! Though I will have to say, I think... People are not listening to podcasts as regularly as they were because they're like out of their normal routine. So like, at least in the US, a lot of people listen to them in their cars. And since we're not all in our cars anymore, um, I'm noticing not as many people are listening, which is a real bummer for us, but we'll keep recording. So we'll be here when you go back to work and have a billion episodes to catch up on. Yeah. Uh, Or just keep listening. Just keep listening. Um, okay, so should we get on to what we came here yeah. for, which is, uh, yes. as ever, kicking off with Shards of Sunset. Um, this show continues to baffle me in some ways because I have, from the moment I started watching, loved Reza Farahan deep and hard. Yes. But I am really struggling to find anything redeeming about him right now. You know what? I was so proud of the way he and Destiny kind of sat down and chatted through their issues. I was like, that's how you do it. Like two friends having a chat, forgiving each other, moving on. I have no idea why that can't happen with MJ. I don't know what's going on. Like, I agree. I feel like, I feel like we've, I wonder if there's something else that's happened because I just can't understand why. At at no point, even when she had a baby and nearly died, did he not go, you know what, at the very least, she 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 and me can have a conversation. Well, this is my question, because a lot of this stuff all blew up like right after like, you know, as she was in the hospital. Why didn't he go visit her in the hospital before? I mean, this this all blew up like right after her surgery. So, I mean, she'd been in the hospital for a while. So it's like, well, why didn't you go visit her before? Like, I, I don't understand. Is there something we haven't seen that could explain this? I don't know, but it's breaking my heart, man. It's breaking my heart too. And it's breaking my heart because it's pushing a lot of emotional buttons for me because totally. I see, honestly, watching Tommy break down yeah. with MJ when he was recounting his kind of emotions about watching her be in hospital and not knowing whether she was going to live and having this tiny baby there. And I like, even now it just, it makes me want to cry because that shit fucking stays with you. And people just really underestimate the effect of a traumatic birth on both parties. And to see Tommy break down, I don't condone what he did with Reza's potted plants. Um, That's not the right way to handle it. But I can, uh, even if it doesn't excuse it, I can see what explains that kind of reaction because he is really struggling. Absolutely. Well, and Tommy lives in LA now and his entire family's in New York. So he doesn't have people. I feel like Reza was his people. 
Yeah. You know, and he stood up at their wedding and was talking about both of them. Like, I feel Tommy is super affected by this as well because they both thought like Reza was their people. And when you go through something so horrific and your people aren't reaching out, it's so isolating. It's so lonely, especially if you think you're going to lose your partner in all of this as well. I mean, I can't even imagine. No, and I, I even at that point that Reza has chosen to go down the restraining order route just makes me think, dude, this is your responsibility. Like, even though you feel like MJ slighted you, she was yeah. also, like... You now need to step up and you need to go to her and you need to say, we need to fucking sort this out. Yeah, because this shit is, like, this shit is whack, essentially. It, it was whack of Tommy to go and bust up those plants and react that way. That reaction was not okay, regardless. Like, I understand, I understand why, but it wasn't an okay action. But again, like, my whole problem with this entire scenario is I don't understand why everybody maybe can't, think that maybe Allie is just lying to everybody. Allie maybe lied to Destiny, you know, yeah. about who put him up to this and all this kind of shit. Allie lied to everybody and, like, just trying to, like, stir the shit up. I don't understand what is blocking a serious conversation between MJ and Reza. But also, Ali's the perfect scapegoat. You know, if you want right. to be able to place your emotions somewhere, then just put it all on Ali. Who gives right. a fuck if MJ repeated it? Who gives a fuck if MJ... Yeah. Like, at this point, who cares? She nearly died. She's had a baby. She's your friend of 30 years. Just right. fucking in you your mind... You shouted horrific-ass things to her last week. Awful things. And no matter how yeah. bad she has been, Reza has at times acted awfully as well. So this is none of yeah, these, this yeah. is not like everybody was so angelic and MJ just suddenly became, no. did something awful. Like this has always been the way of things have gone between you. So you have the yeah. perfect scapegoat, use him, put all that anger onto Ali right. and move the fuck on. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, it's so damaging to this group too, because we see them in this episode, like, you know, Reza kind of really holding this breakfast, trying to rally the troops. He is making it very clear that he doesn't want to hang out with people who hangs out with MJ or Ali. And it's so divisive in this otherwise very tight family-like group. And I don't know, like, what will next season hold if, like, none of these people are talking to each other? No, and I think, you know, it's really sad. It was really sad to me to watch like when her trainer comes around and her trainer says, how are you? Like, how are you yeah. with your well-being? Like it was the first time somebody had actually said, how are you doing, MJ? Because we've seen Tommy is struggling. You know, she's brave facing it right now. Um, right. And she may be absolutely fine. Like some people are really resilient. and But there's no doubt there's going to be shadows of that birth that live with her. And the fact that we'd only heard her personal trainer ask her that, even when Nima yeah. went round, he didn't say, right. how are you doing? And it's no. such a common thing, right? <laughs> that nobody actually yeah. asks mum how they're doing. And it's, and it's such a shift. But I don't know. I don't want to take, I mean, I know I'm banging on about the sh shit she's been through. And I do think that that really deserves a huge pass on a lot of stuff right but even if she hadn't had a traumatic birth the fact that her friends haven't even turned up for the baby or right. turned up to see her is just i i would be pissed too other than nima, nima, other than has, nima. and also that other, we've seen yeah the other thing i wanted to say that. 
about uh, what Tommy did. I really appreciated actually how MJ handled that because right. when Nima and Mike confronted her and said, do you think this is the right, like, did you think that was the right thing to do? She didn't say, yes, it was the right thing. She didn't say, no, it was the right She said, look, right. he is my husband and he made his own choices to do that thing. It, whether or not it was the right thing, he is my husband and I will stand up for him. Right. And I thought, you know what? Well played, MJ. Yeah. I mean, I think theirs is a very real, true relationship. And they're both very strong-willed and very, you know, hot. Like, they get hot very quickly. So I think ultimately, you know, them kind of backing each other up, regardless if they think it's the right decision, is kind of what makes their relationship work. And I mean... When Tommy broke down, like, yeah. on camera, talking about that, just it just broke my heart. And I think at, at that point, I kind of really, because I hadn't thought about either what Tommy must be going through with all this, because obviously a lot of my sympathies, I really connect to MJ having to deal with a lot of those struggles and, you know, traumatic births and things like that. I didn't really stop and think, like, oh, shit, like, Tommy's alone out here. I mean, other than Vita and their friends. <laughs> Darth Vita. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's amazing, by the way. She's done a complete 180. She's from, had like, like some sort of lobotomy. To post. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I do watch like Tommy's Instagram and I love that he refers to her as Darth Vader. Like it's my favorite yeah. thing. He was brilliant at like winning her over. Yeah. He was nobody else has been able to do that. No, it I mean, was even, like a challenge. Even MJ struggles with that, you know, yeah. but like he got there. Like mad props, Tommy. Uh, yeah. Anyways, I agree. I think it's really sad. I really hope they work it out. I suspect that they don't actually. I feel like this is something yeah. that continues, but we'll see. And um, yeah, and you know, oh, that Tommy thing. I think will live with me for a little while. Yeah. I mean, unless they're brilliant at faking their social media accounts until the resolution is shown, then I think we can safely say that they actually don't. <laughs> Sorry, I just Sorry remembered. for all of those you's not, not watching. <laughs> I just realized I didn't put a bra on. That was, and, and I was just. I noticed that. Shaking my boobies. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, we're being filmed. And then yeah, Reagan. That's all right. Lost it as well. That made me totally lose train of thought. But um, anyways, I think unless they're brilliant at faking social media accounts, I think we can safely say that there is no resolution in this season of the Shaws and not in real life either. So that's it. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, let's move on to, and do you know what? Let's move on and past as quickly as we can. Real Housewives of Atlanta, this yawn fest, this season cannot. Oh my gosh. Talk. I mean, the only thing that feels like it's gone on longer than quarantine is the Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's so tedious. I mean, we're, we're on episode 19. They took a two week break in this season. And then we've also found out that um, the reunion will probably either be delayed or there won't be a reunion because they were filming it during the COVID kind of outbreak quarantine thing. So they had to stop filming the reunion. So we have no idea what's coming with that. But this is not the last episode of Atlanta. So we have at least one more. I have no idea, but it's just a continuation of the same fight that they were having last week. Yeah, I mean... It's basically everybody trying to explain to Kenya that she just needs to chill the fuck out, maybe apologize for yeah. some shit and move on. And Kenya just digging her heels in and going, no, I don't want to. I mean, that's essentially I mean, it. Candy made a really, really valid point that 
Kenya had not been accused of rape by the group, which Candy had, and Candy got over that and mended that fence. Like, the least Kenya can do is throw some people a bone. Like, I understand it's a really tumultuous time for her, but she's been pretty fucking terrible all season to people. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I mean, I feel like... I don't ever want to defend her. I do feel like the the breakup of her marriage will be enormously humiliating for her. It will yeah. to her it will feel like a huge failure on her part. So I feel like she's a wounded fucking bear just waiting for somebody to poke it right. and she will lash right. out. So part of me's like is this holiday 2 days after her husband left her Maybe the best time for everybody to come at her. Marlo comes at her. Tanya comes at right. her. Portia and Nini and can you know everybody's coming at her. And I'm not surprised she's not going to be in the most receptive yeah. frame of mind. I agree with you. She's not earned any sympathy or any room for yeah. you know whatever it is. But it's it, there's just been no story. There's been no. There's been no arc. No. There's been nothing. It's just tedious. Little bitch fight after little bitch fight, and I can't, yeah, I I'm can't not do it anymore. No. Um, they go to the Lohan Beach Club. Team building seemingly goes well. I think this is the thing. Like, I feel that this entire episode has been like two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step back. And it just like, I'm tired of the no resolutions or even like some sort of new insight. I don't know. And yeah. I mean, maybe it's because a lot of like the Kenya Mark stuff was all out in the press and the news and everything before the even the season even got started. So it's a little bit weird watching things when you know they're going to happen in hindsight. Yeah. Right. Right. But I don't know. Um, I yeah. Mean, at the end, we see Nini trying to leave and uh, she fights with production. And that's kind of the end of that. So I don't know where we'll be next week if we'll still be in Greece. Or if we're finally back to Atlanta and maybe that's the finale. I have no idea, but it's pretty disappointing because this is typically one of my favorite franchises. Yeah, I mean... And it's just really dragged for me this this year. It, me too. I This season. I can't think of anything else to say about this episode. I wish I could. You know, I just... Yeah. I feel like let's wrap it up, maybe come back strong next time and see what happens. Yeah, that, that sounds good to me. Uh, let's move on to family karma. Which does have a shit ton of exciting stuff going oh, on. Oh, I'm loving this show. Um, I love the personalities. Uh, we did. We talked a lot about the statues last week, and Sean Patel actually reached out on our Instagram and was such a good sport about it, directed me to an IGTV where he actually talks about the statues. If you haven't seen it, he's I think he's Miami Sean or Sean Miami. We've tagged him in a couple of stories. Um, I could probably double check. But his IGTV that explains the sat- statues is fucking gold, man. Oh, his I'm going to go check it out. Is so ace. Like, Bless. I love it. Because the statue is of her at like seven months pregnant. And she's just like, I hate the statue. Can I just say that? This yeah, is I was what about I, to say. <laughs> this is what I hope I never look like. It's like my litmus test. Like, I still look better than the statue. I'm A-OK. She was brilliant at it. Let me let me look up his account. You, I was about to say, if there was any at any point in my life that I would never want completely immortalized in the figure of a statue, it's me at somewhere between seven and nine months pregnant. 
Oh, it's like the worst time ever. I mean, she must have been so uncomfortable standing for it. Like, oh, so uncomfortable. Not even funny. I mean, the varicose yeah, veins, the bum grapes. It's just not, oh, it's not worth it. No. So he's Sean Miami. So it's S-H-A-A-N-M-I-A-M-A on Instagram. Go check it out. The IGTV video is just fucking gold. I'm going, I'm, I'm on it straight after this. Um, but with Family Karma, the big story that is still rambling on is this whole Vishal and Anisha fallout that seems to have come from nowhere. And I was like, is there something more to this? But actually after watching this episode, excuse me, sorry, yeah. actually watching this episode, I feel like he's just really embarrassed. I think he's really embarrassed. I think, um, because we find out he's got Crohn's in this episode as well, which is really triggered by stress. So I think, honestly, he really just tries to avoid any and all confrontation in his life to like as a kind of a precautionary thing. But now I feel like it's just become pathological that he just will not talk about anything. Because it's, I mean, we've all seen like the show. So we know how much they talked in like the first, the first episode. They were on the phone all the fucking time. Now they are never on the phone. And he's saying he doesn't understand that there's been no difference. And there has been a difference. There's been a difference. We see the difference. We've seen it. Bali sees it. Anisha sees it. Amrit's just got a serious case of the jelly wobbles. He's just so jealous that that Vishal could possibly have another close friend. I know. I mean, have you ever seen a bigger baby? Stop such a baby. (laughs) Come on, Amrit. Put yourself together. Put on your big boy pants. Like, he can have more than one friend. Man. And then, like, it's, undermining it's okay her by going, girl. oh, she just fancies him. Oh, fuck off. She doesn't fancy him. Nobody fancies Vishal no. except Richard. Literally nobody <laughs> yeah. fancies Vishal except Richard. I mean, he needs to do everything he can to hold on. Because, I mean, she's, I think she's incredibly pretty. She's super fucking smart. Like, he needs to lock that shit down. He does. And you're right about this Crohn's thing. Like, I get that it's exacerbated by stress. But that doesn't mean that you just no. have to like do everything you can Never. to side swerve stress. It just means you have to figure out how to manage stressful situations. And it doesn't mean just ghosting your best friend, like no. one of your best friends, just because she happens to know some shit went down at a gala. Dude, put your big like boy pants on. Like everybody else in the entire community knows. I mean, everybody knows what went down. I know. Is this it, is a very close community. Am I the only one that's always a bit like weirded out when he has his top off and he has this like really buff body? Because I, no. I sort of look at his face and I listen to his words and I feel like his body should be that of a <laughs> six-year-old boy. And then when it's, it's like actually like the fucking Backstreet Boys, I'm like, I don't get it. You're not supposed to have that body. No, it's almost like a live Photoshop, like where they photoshopped a guy's head onto a really buff body. Like that's what it, it takes me off guard every single time. It's not just me, right? No. It's so weird. Anyway, listen, Vishal, this is not rocket science to me. And it's not rocket science to <laughs> Bali, who, by the way, is no. like, we can all fucking see what's happening. Let's She's just such a fucking pick up the phone and talk to Anisha. Yeah. Um, He's just a bit embarrassed, and that is not the way to deal with it. Amrit's just being a big baby, and Anisha just, honestly, babe, I'm with Anisha, babe. If he doesn't call you, fucking move on. Like, this kid is just Absolutely. Like, you have other friends, drink more with Bali, and just fucking have a good life and have fun. Like, it's not worth it. 
I mean, I like Vishal, but there is something really kind of annoying. You know how some people have resting bitch face? He just has, yeah. like, resting annoying face. Do you know that kind of, like, cartoony sort of goofiness? I just, yeah, there's yeah. a bit of me that just, that grates on me a little bit. No, I totally agree. I'm the I'm the exact same way. I, I sort of there's much. a bit of me that's empathising with Loopy Loper at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm not in the mood to be. I mean, to speaking of Lopa, we uh, speaking of Lopa, we do see him call her <laughs> <laughs> to ask about the graduation party, and someone could not be less excited <laughs> than Lopa for He's this like, call. Um, it's like, I think that went well. No, no, Vichelle, that went the opposite of well. <laughs> Do I have your blessing? Uh, I mean, I guess so. Whatever. I feel like it's one of those calls that you really don't want to answer, but you have to because there's some sort of obligation to. And I completely identify with that face because I hate talking on the phone. Like, just send me a text. I know. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to FaceTime people. I'm, I'm not down with that. Like, I am for, like, close friends. Like, you and I, it's fine, but... I feel it. it's very awkward to just FaceTime to have a chat. Yeah, it's weird. Like, just send me a text. No, I'm don't with FaceTime you. me. It is weird. But she, but she, I mean, I don't like either of them, but Vishal, just go. Don't ask her, just go, Lopa, by the way, we're doing the yeah. engagement thing. Like, I know it's tradition to ask, but we're not at this point yeah, with yeah, Lopa. Yeah. Right now, Lopa just needs to be manhandled, pushed against yeah. a wall, told what's fucking going on. <laughs> and then I think she'll get a little bit of respect. Nick has ripped I think off, she would too. You know, that kind of like full-on domination thing. I think then she'd get a little bit... I'm obviously talking like metaphorically here. I'm not suggesting yeah, 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 that Michelle yeah. goes and like... No violence against women is happening in this chat. No, or against your potential mother-in-law. Don't do right. that. But I think she just needs him to stand up and dominate rather than go, oh, so do, do, do we have your blessing? It's like, fuck off, no. just do it. Tell me where to be. Tell me where to go. Tell me it's happening. And yeah. then I'll finally feel like you've got a pair of balls. This is how the, the phone conversation should have happened. Lopa auntie, we're having an engagement party. It's on May 21st. It'll be at 7 p.m. at this venue. We will see you there. Goodbye. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Get on board or fuck off. The thing is, though, I don't yeah. love Rich's. I don't love Rich's approach, and I'm I'm sure it's probably no, a cultural one. But I don't yeah. like that she's kind of holding this over his head. Like, well, if my mum's not on board, then obviously it will affect the wedding. It's like either you love him and you want to marry him, or you don't love him and you don't want to marry him. Like it's been it's been like seven years. I know, right? If your mum doesn't like him, you ha- she has to make a decision now. Yeah, and go, you know. I'm gonna. I am gonna marry you, whatever sh- my loopy loper thinks. Or yeah. do you know what? This isn't gonna work because, right. and then walk away. But yeah, it's not fair. Like Vishal's kind of just no. got this like knife over his head, ready for the execution, yeah. and she just needs. To, I think she needs to stand up to loopy loper too. Yep, everybody needs to grow some balls. Yeah, that's the moral of the story. Uh, I love Bali. She's yeah, open, honest. Calls a spade a spade and doing everything right as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. Like, I think she was 100% on point for telling Anisha, Anisha what happened at the dinner. I think she was also 100% on point for telling Amrit that she told Anisha what happened at the dinner. She's not trying to be two-faced. She's just telling it like it is. Love her to bits. Uh, me too. And then we've got literally the cutest couple in reality TV, Brian and Monica. Aww. I swear to God, when she said... I just want an Aladdin. 
And literally the episode before he said, I'm looking for my Jasmine. I was like, (laughs) how can they not watch this and just go, oh, we should be together. Maybe they will. Like maybe after they watch all of these episodes airing, like maybe something will happen. Maybe it won't happen within this season, but it'll happen in between the two seasons. I like once it, she watches I it. Think it's or during the reunion. This season. I think it's going to happen this Ooh. season. That's a Salacious. Pred- prediction from Kat right there. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much family karma. Yeah. This. So let's move on to Below Deck where week. it's like the opposite of the cutest couple in the world. Oh, God. Jenna and Adam. And, you know, my heart really goes out to Jenna for this because I think, like you mentioned last week, we're seeing broken Adam, but we're also seeing, like, manipulative Adam. Like, now he's going to apologize, so now they're back together. But that doesn't last long because the previews for next episode, the shit's going to hit the fan again, and it's just... The thing with Adam is that I do... Trust me, I've I've been with an Adam, and I <laughs> more than one, um, which is haven't we all says more about me than them probably. But uh, <laughs> I've been with an Adam, so there is an element of compassion that I have for him. I can see he's broken. I can see he's not a bad person, but the way right. the way that he is and the damage makes him do bad things. I believe that he meant his apology. Yeah, I agree. I would 100% agree with that. I don't think he realizes the implications of what he's doing. I think he meant it because he wanted to make everything on the boat okay again. And I don't think he liked seeing Jenna unhappy, so he wanted to fix it. But I don't think he realizes that in doing that, he sent a message to Jenna, which is, I'm which is confusing to her yeah. because I don't think he's any more invested in the relationship now than he was the night before. Um, yeah. I don't think he's not sleeping with her because he's trying to be sensible. I think he's not sleeping with her because he's, because he's emotionally unavailable and, yeah. and doesn't want to fuck her over, but then he's ending up fucking her over anyway. Right, right. I feel for her because she's between a rock and a hard place and she is definitely, definitely, definitely going to lose in this situation. A hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it on multiple levels with the two of them. I I completely agree with you that I think he thinks that the apology is really genuine, but I totally agree that it's really just to keep the peace on the boat and to make him feel good about himself because he specifically said, I cook better when we're getting along and I cook better with you and... That that just really rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. Because I'm like, okay, so this is a completely self-serving apology. You want to feel better. It's not about making her feel better or making her feel something. Yeah, I and I, know. you know, we saw him gaslighting her and calling her random and psychotic and all of that stuff. And, you know, we've seen sweet sides to Adam. I think yeah. fundamentally he is a sweet guy. I just think there's so many layers of fucking fucked upness, then a layer of shit, and then another layer of fucked upness that it's just very hard for him to be open and vulnerable to a relationship. So he just hurts people to just to back them off yeah. so that eventually he can get back in his funky van and live by himself right. for eight months. Um, Absolutely. There's an article right now kind of floating around um, where Hannah kind of talks about Adam, which I haven't gotten to read yet. Um, if I read it and I like it, I'll pop it up in the group, but it's all kind of about just how he operates and the way he works because she worked with him on below deck meds. So yeah. I think that'll be really interesting to watch. 
Uh, or Reed, sorry. <laughs> me too. And we still see Parker struggling. And this week we see um, Captain Glenn, deci- like obviously he's recognized some tension and we see him try yeah. to take it into his own hands, sort of manage it a little bit. And we had a discussion about this. We don't think he handled this right at all. No. Like you don't have this conversation with Paget and Sierra. I think that was a huge misstep. You either have it with all three of them or just Paget as technically like he's the department head. Like yeah. that conversation would have 100% been appropriate if it was just him and Paget or him and the entire deck crew. But having two against one, who the two are obviously going to side together because they are also in a relationship and you need to recognize that that makes things difficult for Parker. Just full stop. Yeah, and also remember these Captain Glenn has a relationship with Paget and Sierra that predates any of this. So Parker's well, going to feel together for like 9 months on this boat, right? Right. So Parker's going to feel hugely excluded, very ganged up on, and to be honest, the way Parker handles that meeting with Captain Glenn once he knows that Captain Glenn's previously spoken to Sierra and Paget, I give credit to Parker for that because I think he still handled that like a real boss when Captain Glenn really fucked up there. Yeah, I would have lost my shit. Like, if it was me, I would have turned around and been like, can I ask why you had that conversation with the two of them versus the three of us or just Paget? I think I would have asked that. It's really divisive. And also it gives Sierra a misguided sense of importance on the boat as well. Yes. It really undermines the hierarchy in that deck crew. And, um, and I think... Captain Glenn did make a bad decision there. But Parker handled it like a boss, walked away going, you know what, I'm just going to fucking nail this charter. Um, And we also see Madison really struggling as well this this episode. We do. Just to really quick piggyback off of what you said about Paget, we also see him stick up for Parker to Sierra during like the um, beach thing. Like Sierra's being like a dick about Parker and he's like, no, Parker's doing the right thing. Like, you need to lay off. Like, we see that between Paget and Sierra. So even if uh, Captain, I just almost called him Uncle Glenn. <laughs> I have an Uncle Glenn. But anyways, <laughs> if Captain Glenn made a misstep, I feel like Paget maybe took a little bit of a closer look of the power dynamics of the deck. We'll see if that continues. But um, yeah, to then move on to Madison, what the fuck were they doing on that beach? For so long. And it's so obviously not their job. It's so out of character for Madison as well. Like she's such a hard worker. She just gets on and gets shit done. But for her to sit there and do nothing, like, all right, the guests turned up early. They weren't supposed Parker made a he should have taken totally. them to a different fucking beach. That was a misstep. You know, but the, I think the guests wanted to go there or I, I think mean, that anyways, yes, who they knows? did. It's fine. You know. So there's no reason why it should have been necessarily ready when they were there, considering they were like two hours right. early. But for them to just be sat in their asses for 45 minutes, and then when it was done, it just looked It looked shit. shit. I mean, can you imagine oh, what Kate Chastain God. is saying about that that beach party? She'd be having something no. to say about that. I mean, I've been to just family or just backyard barbecues that have been set up better than that beach picnic. I was astonished at how and. You know what? I just it think it's shocking. a sign of Madison feeling really underappreciated. Yeah. Um, and Jenna, you know, I still think she should have done a better job, but this is just an, exa- an example of how Jenna's bad management is going to backfire on her. Because if they don't feel like that person values you or that they have your back, they're not going to fucking work for you. Eventually they're going to lose their mojo. And when you're working those kind of hours at that kind yeah. of intensity, 
you need more recognition and more appreciation than ever. No, I totally agree. And Sierra too, like she just sat there like telling stories about old, old people, you know, like old yacht experiences that she had as well. Like I found it both. I mean, as much as I'm not necessarily a Sierra, a Sierra, whatever, a Sierra fan. <laughs> You're in your stupid um, name. Her her lack of working on the beach was pretty shocking to me as well. Like, I can say, you know, I'm not a super fan of hers, but she usually is doing her job. I I just have no idea what was happening. No, I, I don't either. But we but there does seem to be some very interesting trailers for the next episode. Yes. Now, and I don't know if you remember, I think it was like one of the first shows I ever watched of this, but there was one of the guests that got caught with cocaine on the boat yes. and they kicked them all off. We but, watched it together this summer. Is that the one we watched together? So yeah, this yeah. So cocaine is mentioned. Apparently there is some need to search for cocaine in the next episode. And here's the rub. I actually think it's a crew member. Ooh, that is going to be exciting. So we can't wait for next week's episode of Below Deck Sailing Yacht. I'm really enjoying this show as a whole. I love the Below Deck franchise. I know it's hard for a lot of people to get into, but I feel like once you get into it and you watch them all, like we did over the summer, um, it's ace. No, I agree. I'm excited. And um, honestly, once I've got through Atlanta, I'm delighted to move on to Below Deck. <laughs> um, and penultimately, uh, Vanderpump Rules. Well, no. Oh. Yes, penultimately. No, you're correct. Because oh. that's second to last, right? Yes. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> no, came no. over me. <laughs> I made you second guess your English skills. I did. I've had two glasses yes. of wine and all of a sudden I was like, did I just use the right word? Am I that right? Uh-huh. Okay, good. I'll helpers, just, helpers, just, anybody? I'll just sit here with my Pinot Noir. It's fine. There you go. There you go. I finished my rosé, so now I'm on to, like, flavored water. But um, anyway, so Vanderpump Rules, we see uh, this episode is kind of a lot about Danica being 86th from Tom Tom. Which means, if you're not versed in that, that she's barred yeah. from Tom Tom. Yeah. Sorry, I should have probably made that clear on our Instagram stories. I come from a restaurant background, so for me, like, Oh, I mean, I didn't that know. That was obvious. UK, but... we'd, we'd never know that. But, I mean, if you've watched, oh, if you've watched the show, uh, then you'd know what it means. You figure it so out. So people anyway. don't like 86 things from a menu and like a restaurant thing if they've run out of it? No. Oh, yeah. So that that's like where it comes from. It's not just like kicking people out of a bar. So I was like a fine dining waitress um, at my friend's parents' restaurant when – I was right out of high school, like early college. And if you have like a special or you've run out of a thing because everybody's been ordering it, then it's 86th from the menu. So it's oh. taken off. So you don't obviously promote it or you tell people that it's no longer available, mostly for like the late eaters of like 10, you know, nine, 10 oh, o'clock at night. Interesting. Um, so that's where that term comes from. So that that's why like her being 86th from Tom Tom is like, she's no longer welcome. Interesting. Either way. I think Max is being kind of a baby. Um, I kind of think he's being a dick as well because he yeah. talks to Tom Sandoval about it and never mentions anything Schwartz. personal. Talks to Schwartz, Schwartz, yeah. Schwartz. Sorry, he talks to Schwartz about it. Never mentions any of the personal connections. Talks about how she's mean to like the other manager and things like that, which she has been. So that's a valid point, and that's why Schwartz is like, "Yeah, cool, do it." Like I don't appreciate that. It's not professional. 
let's do that. Then it turns out that it's like 90% personal and 10% professional, and that's why he wanted to do it, and that's not okay. No, it's not okay, and it's a dick move, and it just makes him look like an idiot. And Danica's absolutely right. Like, I don't like Danica, but in that episode, I was on her side. I was like, dude, you've messed up, and it's not right. Um, In terms of him and Dana, we did a poll, or you did a poll that was like, do you think they'll get back together? Interestingly, I think I said yes, they would, but I think the majority was no, which I thought, I think they're going to come back together. Let's see. See what that says. I'll pull it up right now. I could be the only um, one that thinks that, but I don't think that Max. Yeah. And so, Dana's- is it the real end of Dana and Max? Seventy-seven percent said faux show. Twenty-three oh. percent said nah. Well, again, I'm so, calling it. So, I mean, it- you're not on your own. I put for sh- faux show because there have been previews of Dana hooking up with somebody else. So I felt pretty confident in oh. my decision-making skills. <laughs> well, that kind of changes it. But, but I, also think, I also think Dana made a really good point that Max cares more about being pissed off at Danica about what she did to their relationship than their actual relationship. And I think that's kind of what Max is all about. Max is about the drama. He actually doesn't really care about the thing. Well, I have to say, as much as I said they'd get back together, I still think they will. But I do think that Max is like, oh, phew, this is a great excuse for me to wriggle out of this. Like, I don't think he's that bothered. I think now the drama's hit, he's going to move on to the next thing. But we'll see. Um, I mean, I feel like Dana's kind of smart and probably deserves better. Oh, I think 100%. I think it kind of... I don't necessarily think she was stupid in going back to him and being like, you know what, I fucked up. I, I believe the wrong shit. Can we make this work? Like, I give her a lot of respect for that because I think it's it's hard to own up when you've made the mistake. And I think she felt that she did. But I think in actuality, Max has, like you said, just used this as a way to kind of wriggle out of being in something serious. So, um, yeah, I hope I hope Dana finds what she's looking for. I think she's badass. I really like her a lot. I do too. And the other, talking of other badasses, the... Um the other kind of, I guess, conflict we have is between the witches of WeHo and that argument that Kristen had with Katie and Stassi at Jackson Britney's wedding has come back to LA with them. And the girls, Katie and Stassi, seem pretty adamant that this is it for them and Kristen. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I kind of agree with them. I feel like if one friend is just all about like their own shit and not really giving to the other two, then I think it's really hard to expect the other two to continuously, continuously give for over a year. I mean, this has been going on for over a year. And um, they're all in a business together. They have a wine called the Witches of WeHo. And I think that's where a lot of this is kind of getting a bit tricky because Kristen feels like she's doing it on her own. I love that Stassi was like, this is why I don't work with other people. I mean, I feel you, babe. I feel the exact same way. <laughs> Other Apart than this you. podcast. Backpedal, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. backpedal, backpedal. Um, back um, and I guess technically I work for a lot of different people, but I do the work on my own, so like, oh, yeah. I know it's being handled. I think if but, your company is your own, obviously you have to work with clients and stuff, but your company yeah. is your own. I mean, I'm very comfortable working by myself. It's great working with you, but it isn't my yeah, natural yeah. state. I'm very starsy. Um, but I think what's interesting is that in this instance, I know that Katie and Stasi have been known to be 
bitchy. I don't think this right. is a bitchy thing. I think they are literally no. at the end of their... They're now just drawing a boundary. They're like, this is too yeah. much. And if this is what you are and what you're all about, then we don't want right. anything to do with it. I think you're 100% right. I think if Kristen finally cut Carter out of her life and focused on her t-shirt line and her wine business and her new house, they'd be more than happy to like restart the friendship. I just think they don't like where she is right now. And it's been going on for fucking ever. And they're just worn the fuck down. Well, because the problem is now Kristen's just addicted to the misery. She's addicted to the conflict and the drama. It makes her feel important. It makes her feel loved. That's how Kristen feels loved. If somebody is angry with her, that for her is a positive re- like affirmation that somebody cares. Right. So so she doesn't want to let go of that, even though it's really toxic. Um, and the girl, you can't work with that. Like no, you can't tell no. her that that's okay. And if she's determined to go forward with that, then she has to go forward with it on her own. And I, right, uh, having now watched almost all of it, you know, I love Stacy hard. I really do. Katie, I'm still a little bit unsure about, but I think in these well, later seasons, she's she's kind of figuring herself out a little bit more. But Kristen has, from the beginning to the end, been consistently yeah. a bat- fucking box of frogs. Crazy as a box of frogs. Well, because I think ultimately, and I wonder how much of this is due to being on the show. Like, if you're not starting drama, you're not very relevant. And Maybe. I wonder if she's just become kind of addicted to that cycle now that she's real. I mean- there's no reason for Kristen to be on the show other than she happens to be friends with some people who used to work at Sir. Like, the the links are becoming very, very tenuous. And I wonder if just this is now carried over to a real life where, like, she has to have this drama to feel like she's a relevant person when actually I would love for her just to cut Carter out of her life, focus on the shit that makes her happy. I would love to see, like, a happy Kristen. Yeah, I don't think you're going to, though, because I just don't oh, think I don't either. I don't think it's in her remit. Um, to do that no. at all. Um, and then the other thing we have happen is, of course, the um, very sad uh, memorial pool party for Dog the Lizard. Yes. It was very emotional. It was very touching. It was super emotional for a lizard he had for one week. <laughs> and again, this could be my heart of stone talking, but... I don't think I even got that emotional. I mean, I loved our dog. We had her for 14 years. I don't think I got that emotional when like, oh, you flipped me around. We are, uh, hang on a minute, sorry. (laughs) Cat's messing with her phone. I appear to be having Um, a technical difficulty. But anyways, I will just continue talking. So um, yes, we had the pool party. Uh, I like that they were all drinking warm ass 40s. They poured them out for dog. Everybody seemed to commiserate with Tom Schwartz for losing this very important person in his life. I'm back. Sorry about that. Uh, it's okay. My um, headphones went funky, so now I'm, a, I'm having to attach them, which is why all of a sudden I'm very close. Um, Super close. Yes, that pool party was uh, just brilliant. And uh, I just actually, on reflection, feel like it was just an excuse to get everybody at the Montreal oh, yeah. for cocktails in the afternoon. Absolutely. I mean, do you really need an excuse, though? Like, can't you just say, hey, I'm having a pool party at the Mondrian? I mean, and if you are going to have an excuse, wouldn't you choose something a little more lighthearted than my dead lizard? <laughs> just saying. Yeah. I mean, Tom's taking it pretty hard, so uh, maybe maybe there's some real truth to that. Uh, one other thing we have going on in this episode is Lala and Raquel kind of getting back together 
to have a serious girl chat about James going to AA. Yeah, and Lala's another one who, having now watched them all, I really, really like her. Like, I yeah. feel like she's been on a real journey. She's really evolved. Um, she's badass in the way I want her to be badass. She's bitchy in a way that I, that I can get on board with. Um, yeah. And I think that she's not, you know, she, I think she's been humbled. I think Stasi was humbled by Patrick and really all of that toxic relationship. I think she's yeah. been humbled by the drinking and, and going sober. And to see her reach out to Raquel, I thought was despite everything that happened last season, I actually thought was in a really good, came from a really good place in our heart. Absolutely. I'm 100% team Lala. Raquel drives me nuts though, because she talks a big game and she demands nothing. I mean, I really, I mean, in my heart of hearts, I hope what she's demanded of James, I think that showed more strength than we've seen from Raquel Ever. Ever. Like demanding that he go to AA and, and he's doing it and she's taking him and that's lovely. But like she talks a big game about needing to call Lala out for calling her an idiot. She says that to Lala and Lala is just like, well, I wouldn't hang out with an idiot. And Raquel's like, oh, well, okay, then, then everything's fine. It's like, that's not what you've been talking about. No. That's actually not the issue. You could have demanded an apology. Lola probably would have given it to you and probably had more respect for you. But yeah. I think this is Raquel's problem. Like, she talks a lot of shit. She doesn't follow through. She tries to just be nice and then gets pissed off when people kind of treat her like an idiot. Well, and the thing is, she has been essentially in kind of a verbally abusive relationship for now a right. couple of years. So there's definitely real That's true. esteem issues going on. Um, and I thought it was really interesting that, like, in the interview after saying what she said to Lala, she's like, you know, it's really hard to stand up to a bully, but I'm really glad that I did it. I was like, babe, you, did, you didn't stand up to her. Did and it. Lala was kind of a cunt to her last season. Absolutely. And she's easy to be kind of a cunt too because she is, <laughs> I don't mean to be awful about it, yeah, but she yeah. is this person that's like, will allow herself to be walked over. We've seen her just willfully turn a blind eye to James cheating time right. and time and time again. And now what I see happening is him going to AA meetings and then fucking off to the Hollywood Hills to get fucked up at parties. And she's just going to do the same thing with his drinking as she's done with him right. shagging other women, which is just say, oh, no, 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 it didn't happen. And I hope she grows some balls, but I don't think she's going to. And I think she's essentially enabling him. And yeah. It's not gonna. It's not gonna be pretty. No, I mean, I feel like she's a lot like Vishal, right? Like she's just wet. You like, took the worst I can't like out her, of her. Yeah, because she's just wet. She's like both of them are kind of nails down a board, irritating. They set my teeth yeah. on edge. Um, they're like cringe. Go ahead. Yeah, they're tapioca pudding to me. Yeah. So do you know what tap? Yeah. So is it like beige cardigan? Is. Yeah, like, it's bland. Yeah. It's got a little bit of weird texture that kind of grosses you out, but you're kind of intrigued. But ultimately, it tastes shit, so you don't really care. Got it. That's ex- Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and and she, like, she just doesn't do herself any favors. No. Um, so while I'm glad that she's... I really hope that Lala does help her. I suspect that Lala's going to lose her patience with her as well. Absolutely. And and I think they're just going to have to, her and James are just going to have to be left to figure this shit out because at this point, I feel like unless they decide to make changes themselves, nobody else can do it for them. 
No, I agree. I was really touched, though, by James and Lisa's chat, where he kind of opened up to her and talked to her about AA and how it was actually the first time where he kind of sat around and really listened to how shit life could be, and it scared the fuck out of him because he could really see his life being there. I thought that was a real genuine moment from James I hadn't seen. I do too. I don't think there's a lack of I think that was genuine. I just don't know how long it's going to last. You know like some yeah. some addicts need to hit rock bottom a couple of times, three times, four yeah. times. You know, I've got friends who have been into rehab five times and the fifth time lucky. So I don't know if James is a first timer, but Yeah. You know, even the first time is the first step on the journey if it's the sixth time, you know? So at least he's there. I mean, he was on Watch What Happens Live, I think, a few weeks ago. I didn't watch it, but I heard about it. And, I mean, he was nine months sober, like, had his chip and everything. So, I mean, hopefully it does work out for him. I like the way Lisa's handled him. I think it's been really hard for her not to do, not to, like, just jump in and save him. But, I mean, he's fucked it up so many times but I really liked that chat between them I thought it was a super genuine moment and he really looks to her as a mom um I think it's and I think that's just really hard for him yeah I think it's been really interesting for me watching this seeing a very different Lisa Vanderpump to the Vanderpump that we see on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills absolutely I have to say the way that Lisa is with these kids is Really inspiring, honestly. Like, she handles them perfectly. And I wonder if it's easier to... Well, I know it's easier to do when they're not your kids because even teaching other people's kids is 200 times easier than teaching your own. Um, Absolutely. So I know that that's easier. But just, I really want to give her credit for the emotional investment that she puts in these kids. And she doesn't do it and walk away. Like, if she's invested in those kids, she's invested in them for life. Yeah. And... And I, mad props to Vanderpump. She is one of my all-time heroes at this point. I really, really love her. I totally agree. I prefer her on this than I did to Beverly Hills. I think just the power playing with adults doesn't work as well as obviously it does with like young servers. But I also think she's giving more than she's taking with these relationships. And I, that's how I like to see her. Yeah. Because, you know, she has so much, she's got such a big heart. She's so generous. Um, She's generous with her time and her effort. And I think that's really cool to see, especially given who these kids, I mean, they're, I mean, Jax is older than I am, but, um, it's interesting to me, like, what she's giving them that they don't have, like, going to Jax's wedding because he doesn't have other family there. I think she's very willing to go above and beyond for others, and that was a side I don't think we ever saw in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. No, I agree. Um, she's she's kind of a completely different person, and it's nice to watch it. Yeah. Uh, and so finally, last but definitely not least, because fuck me, <laughs> talk about starting a season with fucking fireworks oh christ um um, keeping up with the kardashians yes that's where we are uh there's a lot to talk about let's let's get the tristan thing out of the way yes i think first because i think that's an interesting dynamic that's going on absolutely so we see tristan call kim while she's in new york and goes out to eat with her friends all alone and like really kind of mans up, matures up, and hangs with Kim and her friends, which is pretty shocking. And I'm I'm 
kind of here for this, and I like Kim's, you know, reasoning. She's True's, he's True's dad. You know, it, her, him and Chloe have a good co-parenting relationship. Yeah. So, you know, this isn't a problem. And I think Chloe is fine with this. And I think it's obviously going to make Chloe's life easier if people in her family don't hate Tristan. So that's fine. It's less fine when he's brought <laughs> into Chloe's house to sit at her dining table. Like, yeah, like I think she's fine with it to a point, but I think she makes it, I really liked this interchange between her and Kim where, you know, that was the most awkward family meal I've ever seen on the Kardashians in Chloe's yeah. backyard when Kim invites Tristan to sit down because she was like, well, Tristan just needs to go eat with the kids. Like, that's what he's here for. He's here to see her. He's not here to, like, do this because this is very different than spending time with True. And I really respect the boundaries that Chloe puts in place with her relationship with him. I think it's awesome. I think she's just trying her best. I also think I really like how receptive Kim was where she was like, oh, shit. Yeah, Am I doing I, that I thing again? That up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was the same. I really enjoyed it. And I think it was a real testament to both of them. And and I don't, you know, I know we're going to talk about Courtney, but I think yeah. this is why Courtney's behavior is so damaging for the brand because the yeah. one thing that keeps the Kardashians likable is the fact that they never take their shit for granted. They always check their privilege. They do what they can to, like, help people in the way that they want to. Like, they are. When you see Kim and Chris and all of them except except, um, Courtney, none of them whine or whinge. They just get on with shit. And they do the right thing as far as they possibly can. And sometimes they fuck it up. But generally, they're good people. Yeah. The problem with... Well, they're normal human beings, right? with, With a gazillion dollars. Like... Yeah, yeah. But the problem that Courtney has now is that she's got a gazillion dollars and now she's whining. And that's not sexy and nobody wants to hear that. No, she's a miserable bitch. <laughs> like, I'm going to put <laughs> it out there. That's the other way of putting it. <laughs> I'm with you. I think she is. Holy fuck. She, like, I'm with you. Check yourself. Yeah. It's, you are so privileged. You have this ability. You didn't even have to be on the show. Like, your family was totally fine with you not wanting to be on the show last season. They gave you an out. You didn't fucking take it. And now you're whinging about it all the fucking time. I'm over it. Straight like, off the I, bat. Day uh, one. Day I, one. I don't want to film. I don't want to do glam. I don't want to film. I really, I'm just so but, busy. Just but fuck But I'm not going to film without doing glam. <sighs> just, I'm over it. Just fuck I'm so off. over Kourtney Kardashian. Like, I don't even care. Me too. And this is, this is, the, this is the thing. She just... You can't be that rich. You can't be that privileged and whine like that. You just can't. No, no. Um, Especially on a show that made you. Like, let's be real. And I don't condone violence. But I feel like that (laughs) slap in the face that Kim gave Courtney had been fucking coming. Long time coming, man. Long time coming. (laughs) And you just saw something switch in Kim. Like, you know, when they were first and then they were first separated. And she just yeah. looked at her arm where the nails had gone in and she was like, like, that Fuck was it. This. She, I rage, <laughs> the the heat, the red, everything came out. She just fucking went for her. And not it's like Tommy on Shars, not yeah, the yeah. greatest way to handle it, but I fucking get it. Dude, I do too. And actually, 
I enjoy seeing a more real side of Kim, and we've seen it the last couple of years versus like the first couple of years of Keeping Up with the Kardashians, where she was like the perfect sister and she did everything right and she was never like real. I feel like we see a real Kim. And I'm gonna be really honest like, if my brothers started whining and got offended if I told them that I worked harder than they did on our family show or whatever, I'd probably fight them too. Yeah, but there's a difference between like, when, if you're siblings, the physical yeah. shit just happens much more quickly because that's just what you grew up doing. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, pummeling your sister in the face is not the same as pummeling anybody else in the face. Like, it just no. isn't. I'm not saying no. that you should do it, but it, it's not the same. And Courtney is fucking unbearable right now. I would have punched her in the face a long time ago if I'm she was my sister. I'm surprised her mama hasn't punched real. her in the face by now. Like, yeah. just sit her down and say, this is it. Like, you cannot behave like this. I don't even care if you don't want to be on the show. Don't be on the show, no. but stop fucking whinging. Stop because whining. Because look, Rob hasn't been on the show in fucking ages. And nobody's giving him shit for not being on the show. Nope. But Courtney, so, you know Courtney what? wants you want a cake. Go, go. She wants a cake and she wants to eat it. She wants the money. Yeah. She wants the exposure. She wants po- push, whatever the fuck that's called, yeah. to do well. But she doesn't actually want to work for it. And and no. I get it. And at one point she's like, and if I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, then that would be fine too. That would be fine. But you have to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, you right. have to go and do it. You're not doing like, that. Like, should her get off the pot, Courtney? Like, you... I, I yeah. feel like you make no decisions in your life and then are pissed off at everybody about how your life has ended up. Like, I think we see that. I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna reach here, but I think we see it with Scott. I think we see it with her family and filming. And it's just like, make a fucking decision. Well, and I think what's happened is that, of course, her and Chloe used to be, it used to be those two against Kim yeah, when yeah. Kim was super successful yeah. in doing all of this stuff. And then Chloe got good American and she got revenge body and she started to really build her own brand. Um, yeah. And Courtney's never really found her thing. I mean, no. Poosh, is that is it called Poosh? <laughs> it is called Poosh. I keep saying I it like every I time. keep saying and questioning it because <laughs> like I you're think wrong. well, because I hope I am because I'm like, why would anybody call anything Poosh? Uh, yeah, and that's just never really. She's never really done anything because she's never really committed, and I think they're right. I don't think she's ever really put the fucking work in. No, no. Like, you have to put yourself on the line. Like, but do it. But also, Like, don't half-ass all this shit but and then be okay. upset. It's okay not to do it. It's okay not to 100%. be that person. Like, it's okay yeah. not to be the owner of a business or to be an entrepreneur right. or to be the world's youngest billionaire. It's okay, but own that. Be proud of it. Stay home. Look after your fucking children. And stop whining I just can't bear the fucking whining I have enough of it with my three-year-old like I don't need it from Kourtney Kardashian no I mean literally all of my notes from this thing is miserable bitch stop whining me too like get over yourself I'm over your shit you're jealous yeah like I just can't I can't do it I can't do it no um I hope, I really hope we don't have a whole season of Courtney Wine. <laughs> oh my gosh, no. Because honestly, I will, I will drop this show. I mean, I will, will too, make because the if the only thing we have to, to talk it. about is how much we hate Courtney Kardashian, then I can't do it. No, it's just not fun. And that's what this podcast is all about, is being fun and smart. I love how, like, 
Chloe was trying to give her like all these tips to kind of maybe help. Yeah. And she just completely ignored her because she was on her phone. So Chloe just started talking to production. Like, yeah, she's like, well, I, well, I hope you, you guys, guys get, get something, something out of this. Because <laughs> yeah. it's just like, I mean, if you're, in my opinion, if you say you're going to film, then you fucking film. Like, yeah. don't be miserable on your fucking phone being half-assed about it. Like, I feel that's a million times worse. Just don't commit to do it in the first totally. place. It's fine. Same with, do you know what? Same a bit with Kylie. I'm glad we've got a little bit more of Kylie. I hope so too. But I do get Kim yeah. and Chloe's thing. Like, you've got strep throat. I get it sucks. But it's not like yeah. you're getting on a commercial flight. Like, get on a fucking no. plane. Lie down. Take your private doctor with you. Have yeah. some fucking IV antibiotics on the way over. Like, you get on the plane and you do it. This is I mean, this not, is a huge deal. It's a huge deal. Just walk the fucking catwalk. Like, just do it and then go back to being to having strep throat. But strep throat yeah. isn't going to kill you. It's miserable. I get it. But it, No. Yeah. It just... It sucks. And maybe you can't talk. Smile and wave. Do the walk. Fulfill your obligations because you have made an obligation. It's not like they can change fucking Paris Fashion Week. No, it's not. And it, and like I say, it's a pretty gilded chariot that you're expected to get there in. Like, yeah, just chill out. Like a bed on a private jet is no different to a bed in your house. Like just do no. it. No, no. Especially, I mean, you're away from your kid. Like you're away from your husband. You'll have, I mean, have a doctor. You're absolutely right. Have a doctor fly with you. Kim was right. Get a steroid shot and move on. Yeah, because that's what we did. But also, how fucking funny was Chris? Like, with with Kim going, listen, three hundred thousand dollars in a private jet tonight. She's like, I can't do it. Like, and I get and it. It's like, such a conflict of interest with her makeup line. Yeah, it's hugely <laughs> a conflict back, of interest. Four hundred thousand dollars in a private, and I won't take my cut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And her friend, whose name I always forget, the food guy. Well, his his name is Food God now. Oh, Jonathan. is it? Jonathan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that actually his name, Food Guy? Yes. Remember last oh, season they had a first yeah. birthday for him because he changed his food name guy. and it was a whole thing. But her, those God. two just like killing themselves laughing over Chris's like frenetic texting. <laughs> Jesus, I wish I wish my biggest problem was my mum offering to give me four hundred grand right. and a private jet. Well, I mean, she calls Kendall too. She calls Kendall first and is like, "Kendall, can you please do this for me?" And that makes sense. She's a model; she can walk. And she was like, "No, like you know, I have work. Like you're my manager." It's Paris Fashion Week. I'm a model. I'm busy. Like fifty one yeah. other weeks of the year, probably fine. It'd be fine, but not this week. I love seeing Chris be crazy manager Chris and yeah. just like trying to throw money at the problem. And like, I have no idea what she's going to do. I love that Jonathan's like, well, why doesn't she just do it? And Kim's like, because I'd have to be there anyways just to push her out. <laughs> Man, I'm excited about this season. I really hope it's not just a Courtney Winch fest. But yeah. if it isn't, then I know it's going to be good because I do we'll love the on. Kardashians. Yeah, I... I really, like, I kind of realized how much I've, I've missed having them to, like, kind of laugh with and just all their different personalities. It's so funny. It is a real family. It works like a real family does with a gazillion dollars. But, you know, it, I agree. it's fucking hilarious. I also agree that E does a really good job. I think it's beautifully edited. I think it's yeah. brilliantly structured. Um, so, yeah, I really hope that we don't have to drop it because of Courtney, but we'll see how it goes. No, because I mean, this is season eighteen. They've been doing this for a. There's long not going to be that time. many more. 
No, no, we will see the end of the Kardashians, which is kind of an interesting thing. But anyway, anyways, that's it for us this week. Um, those are all the shows. We have both binged Love is Blind, so there will be a mini-sode covering that shiz. I watched it all day yesterday or listened to most of it um, with my new fancy wireless headphones that I got for my birthday. But um, yes, there's a lot to talk about there, so I'm excited for that mini-sode. I hope you guys will be too. I also wonder, there's a lot of talk about the Tiger King on Netflix. Ooh. What is it called? Let me look it up really fast. But um, it's supposed to be amazing. I actually think I will watch it with my husband. That may negate it being on TV. My husband hates. But um, what Tiger is it? King, I haven't even heard of it. Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. I'm in. Like It's a top 10 on Netflix, number one in the U.S. right now. It's a series of seven episodes. So maybe we could do that one as well as a mini yeah. set. Because we're not just about the TV reality TV. We're also about Netflix reality TV. So um, I think that may be a good one to throw out there. So if you guys have any other suggestions, please let us know. Um, DM us, email us at hey at tvmyhusbandhates.com. Put it in the group. Get Do involved. whatever you can. Let us know. Get, Get involved. involved. We've all got, we've We're all, all got home right sh- now. We've all got a shit ton more time on our hands. I mean, funnily enough, we don't I have, have that less much time, time on my hands. I'm going to be really honest with you. I, I was going to say, time. I'm finding it harder to watch the shows because yeah. they're always here. The kids, I mean, are always yes, here. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and uh, and so now I just get three. I get three hours every day, but I also have to do all my other work. Right, um, right. And it's not it's not as easy as it should be. Anyway, we're still powering on through, and we will be here yes. because we genuinely feel that if you are lying in bed with horrible coronavirus, maybe. Maybe or just you, trapped inside because of horrible coronavirus. Yeah, Put maybe us on. you can we'll make you laugh. Watch, watch the shows and listen to us. We'll do our best to make you yeah. laugh, but not too hard, especially if you've got coronavirus. Because I don't want to no, like, no cause a we'll cough. keep it to a minimum. Yeah, yeah. no, we'll try to be we're like about that. medium funny. I mean, I know normally medium. we're like off the scale <laughs> funny, but we'll just try to be healthy funny. Healthy funny. You heard it here first, and remember, <sighs> smart people. Watch reality TV too. See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Please subscribe, rate, and review TV My Husband Hates wherever you listen to your podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TV My Husband Hates and join the Facebook group to keep the conversation going when the podcast ends. If Twitter's your thing, you'll find us at TV Husbands Hate. Theme music and production for TV My Husband Hates is by Jimmy Sims. (laughs) 